Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. All right, back and better than ever. Greeny with you, presented by Progressive Insurance. Out of our normal studio, but very much in the flow on probably the best day to be the host of a sports talk show that you could ever possibly ask for. We have extraordinary controversy coming out of the college football yesterday. We obviously have an incredibly good NFL slate yesterday that included Philadelphia-San Francisco, which was a very interesting game. And to my delight, Cam and Hemba will be in a bad mood this morning. I'm always excited for that. Uh, Bubba is with us as well as usual. And the great Rex Ryan has made his way over here. Rex, I was impressed. We had to walk from our usual studio where we usually do the show. I would say, what, about a good 100 yards? Was that yes. about 100 yards? Yes, it was. And and, and Rex, while winded, uh, made it, and I wasn't sure. So I'm <laughs> Yeah, that was my cardio for the day. Oh, boy. Right. So, so we have a million things to get into, and, and I don't have access to the open, so we'll, let's just start talking. And, and let's start with that one. Let's start with Philadelphia-San Francisco. The first words out of your mouth today, I said, what did San Francisco show us yesterday, and what did you say? They're clearly the best team in the National Football League. It's not even close. And and the balance that this football team has, they're the best offense in, in uh, the National Football League and the best defense. And this just came to me. There was somebody that gave me this stat. Mm-hmm. Okay, Hembo, uh, thank you. But I'm going <laughs> to own it myself. In today's game in particular, it's about explosives. Getting them on offense, creating them uh, on offense, mm-hmm. and not allowing them on defense. All right, this team, 49 the differential is plus 49. Nobody's even close to that, but that's how dominant this team has been. So, again, to be clear, what he means is they've had 49 more explosive plays than they have allowed. Now, Hembo, you got into a little bit of a debate on Friday with Chris Canty when he was in our studio doing our show. Um, and, and we're now, I mean, I say this, I'm sitting, I'm, I'm in his spot right now here in his studio. But you were talking about the difference in the schedule, the rest, and he downplayed that, the idea that the Eagles were playing their third game in 13 days and that San Francisco had extra rest. And so I went into the game yesterday thinking about that. The Eagles early in that game had chances to take a commanding advantage. Their offense looked very good early in that game, but they sputtered in the red zone both times and they wound up kicking two field goals instead of scoring touchdowns kind of changes the dynamic of the game. And then in the second half, they looked worn out. I actually believe that the difference between the 49ers and Eagles is far less glaring than yesterday's game would have you think, because in the second half, I thought Philly just ran out of gas. A hundred percent agree. Uh, The Eagles went score, score in their first two drives. The 49ers went three and out, three and out 
in their first two drives. And then no matter how long the game would have been, the 49ers would have scored a touchdown on every single drive from then on out because it was clear to me, Rex, that the Eagles' defense had absolutely no answers. It was a game in which Kyle Shanahan absolutely dog-walked the Eagles' coaching staff. It's a game in which the 49ers' offense just had way too many questions than the Eagles' defense had answers, and it was a unit that was totally gassed, having played 92 snaps just seven days before. But you just said two different things. How so? The Eagles being exhausted is one thing, mm-hmm. but you just said it was about them not having answers. It was about them being outcoached. So what you're telling me is that the difference in rest is not the reason they were dominated oh, yesterday. It's only a p- very small part of the reason. Then I mean, go on. If the Eagles had played that game off of a bye and the 49ers had played on Monday night, San Francisco was still winning that game. They are, in, by an order of magnitude, better than the Eagles are right now. The rest can only account for a small portion of that. Once the game got out of hand, that's when you saw them be able to sort of run downhill. But candidly, Greeny, like the, the differential in talent, the differential in coaching, was way more important than the differential in rest. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I was surprised by Philly's lack of commitment to the run. Like, when you know your defense is, is up against it, struggling, it's about how can we shorten the game and not have our, our defense get exposed. And, and the, the equalizer there would be the run game. Mm-hmm. And I'm surprised that Philly got away from the run. And all year, like, is Jalen Hurts the question, like, is he really healthy or not? Because to me, I thought, all right, if they're going to have a chance, they're going to run all that zone read stuff mm-hmm. and, and that quarterback run game. They didn't do that. Yeah. And it kind of just – Puts it out there that are they waiting for the playoffs to do it? That could be. Or is there something to Jalen right now? And obviously we saw him get banged up. He went in came back. You know, so thank goodness for that. But, man, this team looks so much better than, let's face it, the Niners look so much better than Dallas. Mm-hmm. They whipped them. They crushed them. So much better than Philadelphia. They crushed them. Like, they have the – they got the hammer. They got the knockout punch. They don't just outpoint you. And, and – we talked about earlier, what, eight one-score games? Eight. That, eight that Eagles Philly have won eight won? games by single digits this year, which is the most in the NFL. Coach, that is not a strategy. And it's right. not, it is not a predictor of future success. Exactly. I mean, but on some level, it could be when a team has the kind of pedigree that this one does, I don't know that I necessarily agree. It doesn't mean they were the paper tiger that we thought Minnesota was a year ago. This team is obviously good. They know how to win. They were one call away from maybe winning the Super Bowl a year ago. And I'll remind everyone. Look, it's so funny. I tweeted a bunch of stuff yesterday. I get it. God bless fans. Because I got in my mentions yesterday, Suriani sucks and our coaches. <laughs> I got all that. All right? In the last six weeks, the Eagles have beaten the Dolphins. They've beaten the Cowboys. They've beaten the Chiefs. And they've beaten the Bills. They won all of those games. Winning one or two of them by one score might be a coincidence. Winning them all, Hembo, is not. I mean, I, I think that you and your Philly negativity are sort of it's spilling into you here. I don't think things are nearly as dire as you're making them sound. Rex, it has a lot less to do with my Philly negativity and a lot more to do with the profile. So what I do to, to sort of remove my biases, I just look at the numbers in relation to everyone else and ask myself, well, how would I react to this team? How would I evaluate this team if those same numbers had any other logo beside it other than the Eagles? The Eagles have the exact same scoring margin right now as the Detroit Lions, a team we think is clearly and obviously the fourth best team in their conference. The Eagles right now have, by any standard of measure, 
a bottom 10 defense, and by most measures, a bottom 5 defense. There's no other team in the NFL. Even if they were 10-2 and and had that same profile, I would say this team's going to be fine and coast to the Super Bowl. The Eagles have issues. That does not mean come playoff time. They're not going to be able to have those fixed, but it is to say that right now, the Eagles aren't anywhere close to being the best team in their own conference. Greeting presented by Progressive Insurance. Save when you bundle motorcycle, RV, and boat insurance. Visit Progressive.com. But those teams don't have Jalen Hurts, who we think might be as good as any quarterback in the league. They don't have A.J. Brown, who a month ago was an MVP candidate. They don't have Devontae Smith, who was ridiculously good. I don't really understand why they don't run the ball. I I had the stat. I think if you take out the quarterback runs, they only had eight carries in the game. Was it eight? It was nine for 20 yards. Nine carries in the game yesterday for their running backs. That, That part of it I do find a little bit confusing. That had to be game plan specific. Although Dan always says that they're always looking for the big play, that they continue big play hunting or whatever the term for that is. I don't know. Rex, am I missing it? I mean, I, I don't feel no. as bad about the Eagles as everyone is making it sound today. No, look, I mean, the Eagles clearly are an outstanding football team. There's no doubt about it. And they have a championship pedigree. They show that championship medals, why they're winning those close games, and they feel good about it. But they got to keep it close and, and do it. However, to me, they're not close to San Francisco. San Francisco, when you have the best offense in the league, mm-hmm. uh, combined with the best defense in the league, <laughs> they're pretty darn good. Yeah. You know, and the, here's the crazy thing. Philly still has a game advantage over uh, you know, over the Niners. Over everybody. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's at, it's, over the Niners nuts. and the yeah. Lions and the Cowboys. Let me ask you a question, yep. Greeny. Go ahead. If Marquez Valdez-Scantling catches a pass, if Jake Elliott misses a kick— the Eagles have four losses instead of two losses. We're talking about two plays in the Come course on. of a season. These things are right. out of the team's control. The reason why Rex and I care so much about scoring margin is because when you're playing really close games, sometimes you open yourself up to chance. Sometimes you open yourself up to variables that you cannot control. The Niners don't do that. The Eagles do that. Yeah, but they're playing The Niners have lost three games. What are you talking about? Well, they, they lost did. to Cleveland, for crying out loud. Mm-hmm. There, there have been games in which they weren't the better player. The the, alt, the alternative to what you just said is that the two losses the Eagles have was by two points to the Jets in a game that is going to wind up being historically hilarious. A trivia question. <laughs> exactly right. And and then and then their third game in 13 days against the 49er team that we all think is the best in the NFL. And that was absolutely a game till late in the third quarter yesterday. And then it starts getting away from them. The other thing that happened in that game, by the way, that is now one of my absolute favorite things that has ever happened in an NFL game ever is this big dom who it, it turns out now he's like a Philly institution, you oh, were telling me, like everyone knows. A local him. legend. Yeah, and, and look, if you had cast the role of the guy who did what he did on the sideline <laughs> yesterday, you couldn't have done any better, right? I mean, that no casting agent has ever picked a more perfect guy. But Rex, please, yeah. I mean, you were on those sidelines. You cannot have a person who is not in any way connected to the game. He is their head of security. You cannot have him putting his hands on the players for the other team. No, Something absolutely. Ha- you can't just throw him out of the game and also throw out Dre Greenlaw and seem like, well, that was an even trade. We throw out both guys. You can't throw out one guy who's a great <laughs> defensive player and another guy who was the head of security <laughs> and say, well, it all evened itself yeah. out. Doesn't the league have to do something? Yeah, absolutely, and they're going to come down hard. On him. I, on him. Like, Absolutely. remember, I had that strength coach one time that the guy, he was standing, you know, where are you supposed to? And then a player tripped over him. Yes. All right. 
And oh, I do remember that. Now fired. that you mention it, I do he remember was, it. He he was. I mean, they basically. I mean, we lost him. He he uh, he was fired from the National Football League. Wow. I didn't fire him. They fired him. And I could see something like that, uh, you know, happening to this guy who's a, who definitely is going to be a Philly legend. Here it is. It's it's Sal Alosi. I You know what? Yeah, I Alosi. had forgotten yep. about that completely until you just said it. And here it is: New York, <laughs> New York Jets tripping incident and others. Uh, Miami. They're playing Miami December 12, twenty ten. Alosi stuck out his knee and tripped Miami Gunner Nolan Carroll who was running down the sideline during a punt return. Two days later, the Jets suspended him indefinitely after it was after it was discovered that he had instructed inactive Jets players to line up along the sideline so as to potentially impede imposing players. One way or another, he's well, he's yeah, seems, and, and he's had a bunch way, of other problems Greeny, since then. This happened. I had right, totally forgotten. But this that. happened, but we were actually legally set you can stand right. where we were. Right. And we weren't the only team that did it. Every team in the league was doing it. Got it. And however, there were some that actually did it Closer to the field of play. I don't want to mention the team. <clears throat> I think we know which one that would be. <laughs> right. And uh, they were actually damn. They've had guys even on the field. And so when this happened, it was like, man, what are we doing? Like you know. And then uh, you know. But it says that we suspended them. Trust me, we were very much encouraged to suspend them. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm sure. Okay. So one way or another, Hembo, this Dom is like a local legend. Yes, and if, I mean, never more so than now. Oh, for sure. Oh, I'll, I'll, I'll own a T-shirt with his face on it by the end of the week. But imagine. A I scenario. saw Diana tweeted yesterday. My Christmas shopping is done. <laughs> <laughs> Could anything be, be more Rossini than this? Her, her husband is from Philadelphia and, and is a crazy Eagle fan. Mm-hmm. There, there, I mean, literally any D- Dom DeSandro merch is selling off the charts. Can you imagine a scenario in which, like this, like sort of turbocharged the Eagles to win that game? I thought it was going oh. to. It felt like oh, it in the moment. I thought it because they went down and scored right after right that. Away. Here we go, and then and and then Debo Samuel happened. Right, oh. that dude is a beast. Oh my God, untackable. Rex, Debo yeah. Samuel. Well, that was a funny thing. Like this guy when he got drafted, I'm like, what? He's a running back. Like he, basically, he's a running back skills guy, right? That's the scary thing. Yeah. When that ball gets in his hands, there's no better run after the catch guy than this guy in the entire league. So, uh, yeah, what a beast, though. Oh, my goodness. I don't know what he ran the 40 in. I'm just saying when he gets the ball in his hands, no one's faster yeah, than that guy. I mean, no one. he's he's like lightning. No one's less tackleable. Yeah, I mean, right. I don't care if he runs five flat. Like, you can't bring him down. Yeah. yeah. He's like he's like slick and he bounces off. He looks like a pinball machine. He's, he's so like, strong. If you took DK Metcalf and you just kind of compressed him a little, <laughs> right? Like, you just kind of put him in a smaller box so he couldn't quite fit. You know, he couldn't stretch all the way out. Like, he was just kind of a, uh, I don't know. He I ran 4-4-8. Four four eight, but when he's got the ball in his hands, I'm telling you, it's a Beast. four two it feels eight. Like it. That dude is unbelievable. We're greeny. I'm greeny. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Insurance for motorcycles and boats and RVs for protection on the road and on the water. See how much you can save at one eight hundred Progressive and Progressive.com. Rex, I love you. You're the best. Thank you very much as always. My Coming up, my favorite tweet of the day. It's a doozy. Don't miss it after this on ESPN Radio. Brainstorm, what is something that works so well that it's basically magic? Air conditioning, noise-canceling headphones, meeting-free Fridays? What about selling with Shopify? 
Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're auctioning autographed apparel or selling sleek skis, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet best converting checkout, up to 36% better compared to all other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S., and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's extensive help resources are there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow grow with shopify sign up for a one dollar per month trial period at shopify.com slash greenie all lowercase go to shopify.com slash greenie now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash greenie shopping for mother's day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute but macy's gift finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for mother's day whether you're shopping for your sister's first mother's day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement macy's gift finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both you can shop by price anywhere from 25 bucks and under to 100 bucks and under you can also sort by category like fragrance handbags and more or gift lists like for the mom who has everything pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma find top brands like studio pro model beats headphones polaroid cameras and samsung smart tvs so what are you waiting for mother's day is may 12th it'll be here before you know it Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Greeny, the podcast. All right, Greeny with you here on ESPN Radio. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Uh, in 30 seconds, I'm going to read you my two favorite tweets of the day. One of them has to do with football. The other one only does indirectly but it put a big smile on my face we'll do those in 30 seconds after this from granger for the ones who get it done granger offers high quality supplies and solutions for every industry as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions plus their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer call clickgranger.com or just stop on by all right, you've heard from Hembo already today. Bubba and Cam are in as well. Before I get to these tweets, Cam, are you as pessimistic as the rest of your always angry city seems to be? Hembo basically wrote the Eagles off today, fired their coaching staff, or, or at least said they get their pants coached off yesterday. Though Yesterday, I'm tweeting 
everything will be fine in Philadelphia stuff. And I got Eagle fans in my mentions giving me Sirianni sucks for a guy who had this team in the Super Bowl a year ago. And, oh, by the way, they have the best record in the NFL right this minute. Where do you stand on all of this, Cam? Yeah, I have been saying to Hembo all season that this is the perfect Eagles season because they're winning every single game, but there's so much to complain about. Two things that Eagles fans love a lot. I am actually leaning more towards the pessimistic side. I'm not like, you know, Sirianni sucks or anything like that because I have a rational head on my shoulders, but this game was like the culmination of, and I understand all the rest stuff, of everything that we've seen be an issue for the Eagles all season. They've been winning in spite of bad play calling on the offensive and defensive side. Their secondary is a mess. They can't tackle, uh, you know, especially players like Debo Samuel. And I think it all just caught up to them in one game. You, you can't play every single game planning to come back in the second half. They've played almost zero complete games this season despite being 10 and 1 because they always have to come back or they're fighting off a comeback like this team is 10 and 1 in spite of what's happened around them not because of all the second half comebacks I understand that's what's gotten them to that point but they could have looked a lot better in the process and yesterday was a big warning sign I think potentially for the future if they don't sort some of these things out you guys are hilarious I mean you're hilarious to me Try rooting for a team that sucks. I understand what no, you're you saying. No, you don't understand no, that I damn do. thing. I do understand what you're saying, but when you're, you know, and I, it's way different, but our standards are very high for where the team should be at right now. Right now, we, they have the best record in the National Football League I get all it. by themselves. And they just got blanked by a team they're probably going to play in the playoffs. So there is concern for a good reason. That doesn't mean they're a bad team or anything like that, but there's a reason that people have been saying all year that the Eagles haven't played their best football, it's because they haven't. They've beaten Miami, Dallas, Buffalo, and Kansas City. I get it. In the last month and a half, if this was the the, the college football playoff committee would put them in. No, they I, wouldn't. I, I, yes, they would. If there was a Final Four right now and you were doing a committee to put four teams in the NFL playoffs, the Eagles would not be among them. Who would they be? Naming the four teams would be better than that. You put in San Francisco. Okay. You'd put in Dallas. Okay, except for the fact that Dallas has one more loss and the Eagles beat them. Yeah, but we know that the committee only values head-to-head selectively. <laughs> okay. And you'd put in Miami and Baltimore from the AFC before they the Eagles. They beat Miami, too. Same thing goes. This is insanity. You guys are insane. The Eagles were outplayed in a bunch of their wins this season, and that's why I care so much about the underlying metrics. You can't merely look at the wins and losses column as a predictor of future success. You have to look at the results by which you got there, and when, do, uh, and when doing that, the Eagles are not close to being an elite team. I will grant you, these are first world problems, but they are problems nonetheless. Well, well welcome to all of us who live in the third world. What are you talking about? You beat us. I, I, the yeah. Jets. It's that, a shame the Eagles aren't undefeated because then the committee would definitely leave them out. Jets, <laughs> Jets 14, Eagles 12. Was that what the final? No, the Jets scored that touchdown at yeah. the end. They gave 20 us, to right? 14. 20 to 14. That's going to wind up being one of the great final scores. That's a, a documentary. Oh, my goodness. By the way, I think that was the last time the Jets scored two touchdowns in a game. <laughs> All right. Uh, anyway, I promised you two tweets I was going to love. Here's the first. This is from Will Kepley, the booted tanker. Mm. That's his. I don't know what to tell you. That is his um, handle. Mm. And he tweets, I was reading to my adult kids the sports stats as recorded by Greeny and Hembo in their book, Got Your Number. They were amazed. Thanks again for your work. So what got our book the attention that it got was all the debate stuff. We fueled all this debate. And if, if you are interested in a Christmas gift for yourself or for someone that you know who loves sports debate and conversation, then Got Your Number is available right now anywhere you get your books at discounted prices. Um, 
But what I was, and Hembo knows, what I was most excited about with our book was when I was a kid, I loved reading sports history. And the fact that people are reading this for the, forget that, I mean, the debate is great. I get it. That's, we make our living in that. And you can argue whether we got the right choice for number four, number seven, number 22, whatever you want. But th- that, that's, that's, I think, what sold the book. But to me, the part I enjoy most is that we are teaching sports history to people who might not already know it. So people are learning about, in any particular order, Rocky Marciano, Joe Lewis, Red Grange, people like that who matter, in addition to Peyton Manning, LeBron James, and Michael Jordan. Yeah, the debate piece was merely the entry point to our book, in my opinion. It's much more a a book about sports history and the ability that we have to sort of amplify so many of these figures, I think it's critical because sports is such is such a rich thing and having the knowledge of what happened informs what you're watching so much more and if you have that foundation, it makes it makes enjoying sports so much better than it would otherwise be. I keep saying, like if you watch, but every now and again you'll hear a sports talk show host say, well, I don't know much about Oscar Robertson. He was before my time. Now, could you imagine if you're watching a political show and the, and the host of the show says, well, I don't know a whole lot about Harry Truman. He was before my time. What the hell are you doing hosting a political <laughs> show? So anyway, that's the book. And if you're interested, it's called Got Your Number and it's available now. Might make a very nice holiday gift. So that was one of my two favorite tweets. The other came from Lewis Riddick, who tweeted, these refs have to be held accountable in some way. Those are two of the worst calls in a critical moment that I may have seen in a long, long time. He was tweeting in the final minute of Green Bay, Kansas City last night. For any of you who didn't stay up late to watch it, I will summarize. First, Patrick Mahomes gets hit running to the sideline. Final minute down eight points. So it's a one-score game, except with the Jets, that's four safeties. So that would be a very, it's a four-score game for the Jets. But, but for most teams, that's a score and a two-point conversion. So you've got Mahomes, he's running up the sideline. And before he gets out of bounds, he is still standing in bounds trying to get a first down. The defender for Green Bay hits him on the sideline and they throw a flag for 15 yards. If that winds up costing Green Bay the game, it's all we're talking about this morning. Instead, Green Bay wins. Why? Because what felt like in real time a minute and a half later, it actually may have been a minute and a half later, Mahomes lofts a perfectly thrown ball for a wide-open Marquez Valdez-Scantling, who did not get the chance to drop it this time because he is attacked. (laughs) He is mauled on the field. It was about as blatant and obvious a case of defensive pass interference as you will ever see, and it goes uncalled. It wasn't quite as awful as the call in the New Orleans, um, whoever they were playing, Rams Rams, uh, NFC Championship game, but it was that level of obvious. And I will once again say, and, and w- w- to Lewis and to Dan Orlovsky, who wants to throw out the refs and to everybody else, this is not an official's problem. This is not about the officials not being able to get calls right. Football is happening much too fast amongst people who were much too fast to expect every call to be made correctly. This is not baseball, where you're just standing there watching one bag. Did his foot hit it first, or did the ball get there first? That's it. If you get that wrong, then you have no business being an umpire. Football is an almost impossible sport to officiate correctly, much less adequately. But this is why we have instant replay. I've been saying this on the air for 15 years. Instant replay has been 
bastardized. It's been made into something it should never have been. We shouldn't have coaches' challenges. We shouldn't have any of this nonsense. It shouldn't be slowing up the game as much as it is. It should be in place only to correct egregiously wrong decisions made by the officials on the field. And those can come on any play. They can come in any circumstance, and they can come in quote-unquote non-reviewable situations, which never made sense to me. Non-reviewable situations should be an oxymoron. So to me, this could have been overturned in five seconds. Someone watching the game from a booth goes down to the ref. Hey, we got that one wrong. It should have been pass interference, and boom, it would take no time to correct that, and then we don't have this today. That, to me, is the solution. Yeah, it is not possible to do the job well, because if it were possible to do the job well, we would at least occasionally see it done well. We we never see it done well. When you're watching a football game, you're doing so knowing that there's a really good chance that the officials are going to do something just god-awful and that your favorite team or the team that you're uh, you know, rooting against is going to wind up winning because of it. We just accept this. Why do we just accept this? I have no idea. Because if I can tell you, because of what's uh, being tracked inside of these guys' pads, exactly how fast Tyreek Hill is running uh, to, the, to the extent to hundredths of miles per hour, how is it possible that this can be called this way in like sort of back-to-back uh, manners within the final two minutes of a high-leverage game? It's ridiculous. And in the, in the case of the Patrick Mahomes uh, unnecessary roughness, it, it was thrown by an official nowhere near the play. Right. I went back and watched the play this morning. There is a person eight inches from Patrick Mahomes <laughs> that's just like waving his hands to say he's out of bounds here, and the flag comes from like a guy in the stand. Like, how, why do you think that it's your job to throw that from eighty feet away? Um, these guys are. This is comical at this point. And if I were the commissioner of the NFL, this would be the first and foremost thing that I would care about to figure out my league because it's the only thing that's sort of holding it back from being an absolutely perfect product. Yeah, and it's not. Let's be clear. It's not holding anything back. The product is doing just fine. The point is, it's unsatisfying as a sports fan, and you have all the gambling implications and everything else that come with it. Now, I get that, but I'm not even talking about that. I'm just talking about as a football fan, you could solve this. I've been saying this for 15 years. The human element stinks. It is the reason we have deodorant as a civilization, because we smell bad. Do we decide not to wear deodorant? So, you know what? I'd like to not smell bad, but ah, the human element, every now and again, you gotta live with it, so I stink to high heaven. No, that's not what we do. We solved that problem, and we can solve this one as well. All right, Greeny, you can be a part of Greeny Nation on the Dr. Pepper call-in line. ESPN Nation is presented by Dr. Pepper, it's not college football season without the delicious taste of an ice-cold Dr. Pepper, the one that fans deserve. All right, we've not yet heard from Bubba today. And, Bubba, I'd like to bring you into this conversation if I can. How are you this morning, Bubs? All right. So you're a, bu- <laughs> you're a busy man, aren't you? I mean, you have a lot going on in your life. Quite a lot. Okay. But that said, I would like to ask if you have some time in your schedule because I'm going to put together a committee. Okay. And I would like to ask you, if possible, to chair this committee. Maybe. Because you are a learned man, and you know as much about football as most people do, but not as much as f- about football as Rex Ryan, Bill Parcells, Mike Shanahan, Joe Gibbs, Marv Levy. Those would seem to me to be the initial people I would think of. Okay. Football lifers, been around the game forever. Dick Vermeule's still with us, isn't he? Y- yes, put he Dick is. Vermeule, sure. let's put him on the committee. Let's put a bunch of people on the committee, and here's what we're going to do. When the NFL season is over, when every team has played 17 games, I want this committee to get together in a room. I want them to have some croissants. I want them to have a little 
Cocktail shrimp. Yum. Whatever else it is that we have in there. Plenty of coffee to keep them awake. And I want them to decide who the 14 best teams in the NFL are based upon their extensive knowledge in the sport. They know football. And I want that to be the way we decide. So they don't like the Steelers. Eh, we don't like the way they play offense. doesn't matter if they win 11 games. They're not really that good. I know they're not that good. I'm Bill Parcells. I know everything about football. Let's not put the Steelers in the playoffs. Let's put a different team in. Let's put the Broncos in instead because they look better to me. They pass the eye test. If I were to suggest that, Bubba, is that a committee you would be willing to chair? I'd love to. Why? It would be the stupidest committee in the history of mankind. Is that a job you think should exist? Do you believe that committee should decide which 14 teams wind up with a chance to win the championship in football? Yeah, I mean, because I mean, there would be no controversy whatsoever, and everyone would love it. It would be perfectly fine. He just exact- wants to hang out with Parcells. I, I, yeah. I, I the greatest that. coach of all time. It yeah, I mean, be, I would love to do it. It would be the least sensible decision ever made. If Roger Goodell suggested it, Roger Goodell would get laughed at and fired immediately because we would all say, well, that's a horrible way to do things. Do you know where judges decide the outcome of sports? In places where those decisions cannot be decided objectively. Figure skating. No one can just say this person figure skated better than that person did, so they have judges. That's not to criticize figure skating. That's the nature of the sport. Boxing. Every now and again, we wind up with a fight. If it doesn't end in a knockout, they can't just fight forever because one of them is going to die. So we're just going to we're going to bring three people in there, and we're going to let them decide who was the better fighter over the course of these whatever it was minutes in the ring. Makes sense because there's no other way to do it. In football, there are endless other ways to do it, and I'm here to tell you that in the final year of the committee deciding the four teams that got into the playoffs, the committee finally proved it had no business doing this job. The arrogance, the sheer arrogance of someone to say every, every objective measure suggests that Florida State's season was one of the four best that existed in college football this year. But it is my opinion that they're not as good as some other teams whose seasons were definitively not as good, I can't begin to fathom. the. And I'm a pretty arrogant person. I have a fairly healthy self-opinion. My Twitter bio is the world's foremost authority on all matters. And even I wouldn't deign to say I should get to choose which the four best teams are, because I know better than the things that happened on the field. What happened yesterday is an outrage, and I still sitting here cannot believe it happened. <laughs> I think you're right about this. So the, the, the logic pretzel that the committee used to arrive at this conclusion is impossible to justify. Impossible. Because if you're going for the four best teams, they got that wrong. And if you're going for the foremost deserving teams, they got that wrong too. They did both. They did neither. And so it is as unsatisfying a conclusion to an admittedly very difficult question. But I don't think that you could have possibly done a worse job at adhering to your own rules and spitting out four teams than the committee did this year. So in case you're sitting there thinking, wait a minute, 
These seem like the right four teams to me. Let me take a short time out, and we will come back and we will explain to you all the many ways in which they got this completely wrong yesterday. By the way, our friends at Dr. Pepper ask us to pick the best fan of the month. It's brought to you by Dr. Pepper. It's not college football season without the delicious taste of an ice-cold Dr. Pepper, the one that fans deserve. I'm giving this one to the fans at Florida State today. I, I, I can't even fathom what it must be like to be a fan of that team. We had E.J. Manuel on Get Up today. I thought he was comparatively restrained. Um, he handled it well. Who else do we know? Who are our other Florida State friends? Cannell? Right, Danny Cannell. Uh, we used to used to work with us here at ESPN. Who else? Who are other? I mean, I can't even, I can't imagine it. If this was my school, if Northwestern was in this situation, I don't know what I would do. I I, I, I can't even begin to imagine. Well, I don't think you have to worry about that for a what while. What happened? <laughs> Easy over there. Bubs, you never know what might happen. We're going to play in this in the in Vegas against Utah in the Sun Bowl, so I don't want to hear it from you. Hey, Bubba's the chair of this committee, all right? You just appointed him. Bubba, I just and, and I think that should tell you everything you need to know. Mm. I just named the worst, most senseless, useless committee whose existence should absolutely be questioned. And I made Bubba the chair of the committee. Astute decision. We'll explain all the ways they got it wrong next on ESPN Radio. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Greeny, the podcast. All right, Greeny with you on ESPN Radio. We are coming to you live from the Seaport District at Pier 17. We're brought to you by Chase. Assembled members of the hashtag crew have assembled all around me. We've talked a little bit about, well, a lot about the Eagles and the 49ers. We'll get to some of the other 
NFL games in a few, but this college thing really bothers me. I, 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 I'm, I'm so put off by what happened yesterday because the biggest problem that has existed forever in college football, and it was on a completely different level, it was exercised in a totally different way yesterday, is that the players have no authority to do anything. And just when we finally, right, they never could get paid. They couldn't, the name, image, and likeness. They couldn't do anything. They couldn't transfer. They couldn't do anything. They just had to sit there. They were indentured servants, uh, servants and they had to just kind of do whatever everybody wanted them to do. And then everybody, that all changed. Delightfully, we've gone to the wild, wild west that everyone said was going to be the, the death knell of college football. And oh, by the way, it's never been more popular than it is right now and only getting better. So that was ridiculous. That was propaganda that was being spread exclusively by the people who were trying to maintain all of their power and all of their financial wherewithal when it came to this multi-billion dollar business. So now that all of that has been eradicated... These 13 guys sitting in a room just made a decision that these kids who literally did everything they could do because one of them got hurt didn't deserve a chance to play for the championship. That's what's being decided yesterday. It's not being decided who the four best teams are. It's not being decided what will make the four best games or the two best games. What's being decided is who gets to play for the championship. How do you take a team that did everything it could possibly do, and that by every objective metric was one of the four best teams in the country, had one of the four best seasons of any team in the country, and leave them out. Unless you wonder, have I been saying this forever, but only in the context of the basketball tournament, because that's the only other place where this existed. And at the end of the day, while I always said, we should have some objective metric that decides which teams wind up going in, in basketball as well. It seems a little bit less awful when we're leaving out the 37th best team or whatever it is than when we're leaving out the team whose strength of record, the stuff is measured. There are analytics involved. They can put numbers to everything. And those numbers say that the third best season that anyone in college football had this year was had by Florida State. I'm not making that up. If you want different criteria, change it. Change what you put into the formula. I don't know what's in it, and I, I, it's not my job to know what's in it. What I know for sure is that after Michigan and Washington, the third best season was had by Florida State. So whether you're going to put in Alabama or Texas as the fourth team, it's okay with me either way. But under no circumstances should Florida State have been out. Pick it up from there. I need you to answer a couple questions for me that no one else has been able to do yet in a satisfactory manner. Go ahead. So, entering this weekend, Florida State was four, Texas was seven, Alabama was eight. Right. Okay? Texas played, by a long shot, the weakest opponent in that three-game championship. They played Oklahoma State and won easily. Easily. How on earth... Do you jump both Alabama and Texas over Florida State considering that? Like, if you already thought that lowly of Florida State, how are they four before? That doesn't, that, that's what I don't understand. And how are they then five now? Like, Georgia's still behind them. So if we're doing the four best thing, then they have to be behind Georgia because Georgia had won 29 straight games and just lost in the SEC title game, right? Mm-hmm. 
if you're doing the four most deserving teams, well, of course, Florida State then has to be in because they're an undefeated Power 5 champion. This is my problem with the committee. They did neither. They did both. They just randomly decided that Texas beating Alabama on like in, in week two of the season in early September now matters when it didn't matter last week. Am I wrong? No, you're a thousand percent right. The randomness with which they made that decision was one of the major problems. And when you make random decisions, you open yourself up to the kind of criticism that they received. It's one thing for people to disagree with you. It is another thing for people to be attaching nefarious motives to your actions. And I will sit here. I am absolutely not accusing the committee of choosing Alabama because they're in the SEC. But what they did do was they opened themselves up to that criticism, and it is indefensible. They, they cannot fight it back. The only thing they can say is, well, it's what we thought. And no one can fight with that. Any of us who are married know that. You can't fight with someone's feelings. If, if, if you're mad at your wife over something and she says to you, well, you made me feel bad, there's really nothing you can do except say, I'm sorry. I, it, it's, it was never my intention to make you feel bad whether you were wrong or not. So what all the committee can say is, this is what we thought. Well, I, I can't fight back against that because there's nothing attached to it to argue. You're just giving me your opinion. And what I'm trying to say is, any system that is determined by people's opinion sucks if there's any alternative. So I just said it a minute ago, there is no alternative in figure skating. There is no alternative in boxing. There is, what are other sports that are judged? I can't even think of one. But whatever they are. There are some things that, the dog show, right? Doesn't someone do equestrian? that? Equestrian? I don't even know. No, I, what do I mean equestrian? Like secretary wasn't judged. That wasn't by equestrian. T- that, was, that was a timed event. Equestrian is like when they're jumping over like obstacles and stuff. Oh, okay. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know how they. I know a lot about the size of horses' hearts. <laughs> no, no, no. Okay, fair enough. But don't sidetrack me from a serious conversation. Mm. Like this is not right. So if you're those Florida, and, and, and they, they know it themselves, because Florida State is now playing Georgia. Is it the Orange Bowl they're playing in? Yeah, one of a, them. It's a two-touchdown two spread. And Georgia is a 14-point favorite. Why? Because Georgia's obviously better than them. So if you're going to choose the obviously better teams, put Georgia. If Georgia was playing Texas mm-hmm. on a neutral field right now, Georgia would be favored. If Georgia was playing Michigan right now on a neutral field, Georgia would be favored. If Georgia was playing Washington right now on a neutral field, Georgia would be favored. If Georgia was playing Alabama right now on a neutral field, Georgia would be favored, even though they just lost to them on a neutral field. So they were just assigning significance to whatever you feel like in order to make your argument work when you were sitting in that room. It drives me insane. Yeah, and that's why I can't square this circle because there is no there is no logic trail. That's why Florida State being bumped from four to five with Texas and Alabama both jumping ahead of them is not a logical thing. And us just saying like, oh, we think this is obviously not good enough. But at the same time, if, oh, we think this is the criteria with which we're using, then Georgia absolutely has to be in the college football playoff. And the problem is they didn't do any of those things. They just randomly decided to put Florida State fifth and Georgia sixth for what reason? So this is the last sheet? This is the final sheet? This is the final sheet with the uh, second to last rankings. I understand the rankings are not there, but I understand the strength of record. Mm -hmm. So again, let me make this as clear as I can because I know we didn't have this this morning. So this is the first time I'm actually seeing it. I'm going to read to you right now a metric called strength of record, okay? 
So what that means is they take everything. You may know better than I do. What they put into the pot of, of this of this metric, they take everything you did. They take your opponent's schedules, your opponents, who they were, who you beat, how badly, everything. Everything about your record, whether you're 12-1, and 11-2, whatever it is. And they can determine whose record is the best, which one actually accomplished the most. And in that metric, here's the final rankings. Washington won. Michigan, two, Florida State, three, and Alabama, four. That's it. The reason they couldn't do that was because Texas would have lost their minds because Texas beat Alabama. Texas wound up fifth. So we're just deciding that that head-to-head, that game, means more than everything else, even though Alabama's the rest of their schedule was better even though Alabama absolutely had, by the standards that we've established here, the better season, because of that game, we couldn't put them ahead of Texas. They just kept making whatever they wanted to the most important thing. And it drives me nuts. We'll be right back. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Or watch the show through the Watch tab on the ESPN app. Also catch Greeny on Get Up, weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN. And also available wherever you get your podcasts.